On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm super excited because I get to host some of my favorite people, which are my colleagues from Plant-Based Telehealth. So I have Dr. Chris Miller, Dr. Michael Clapper, and Dr. Colin Zoo. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Right. This is fun. I'm, I'm going to like this. So um, today we were just kind of talking about looking at problems and solutions. And, you know, what are some of the more common problems that you're seeing as far as your patients when they're trying to embrace this or was are navigating this journey or coming overcoming chronic disease, whatever, and whatever advice you might have given. So who would like to start? Well, I seem to be a, uh, a nucleus of, uh, of attracting <laughs> middle-aged people who are having a really hard time adopting a whole food plant-based diet for a number of classic reasons. Uh, they just can't keep their hands off the, either the baked goods or those comfort foods that they've, uh, you know, that they've come to love. Or the home situation, they've got a spouse who just is not into this um, and uh, not supplying any, uh, any support. And then finally, my time, Doc, I'm on the road, I'm a salesman, I'm just, I got to just grab it, whatever I can get at the fast food places, I just don't, you know, I'm just not organized enough. And so my heart goes out to all these people and you want to, you know, help them, you know, find a system that works for them, though everybody's different because they've got these unique facets in there. So, um, so of course, I start by asking, what is, you know, from your point of view, what is the major obstacle that keeps pulling you off the path and let, let them describe it? Uh, and it often comes down to, uh, you know, just understanding ideas. I didn't realize you could make up a big bat soup and eat off for, for three days or, or whatever, just you know, having them change their, their whole approach to food. But I um, find myself more and more making a referral. I've got some plant-based dietitian colleagues uh, that uh, would love to uh, act as a coach for these folks because I realize I'm I'm just a doctor, you know, I'm not a food expert, but certainly like Dr. Zhu or some of the other folks on the on panel here. Uh, and it's, it is out of my wheelhouse a bit, and I can't really uh, give them the, the detailed dietary guidance that they need. Uh, so I've been making referrals to plant-based dietitians, and so far over the last few weeks, uh, the, the patients have been very happy that there's uh, a person, usually of their same gender, who can just talk uh, plain English to them about practical ideas. So, um, so you know, I've long said we need some food diet coaches, you know, on our staff here. And so I've been kind of uh, uh, hobnailing or putting together my own version of that. So uh, a coach who can be with these folks, I think is really, really helpful. And uh, we're glad we're able to supply that in some, some form or another. Absolutely, that's great. Either of you, Chris? Um, one thing that is, has helped uh, a lot of my patients that I've noticed is 
um, it's so easy to give into temptation, not because we want to, not because we intend to, or because we're weak or we have low willpower, but we know that willpower runs out, right? There's that willpower gap. Willpower only lasts for a certain amount of time. And after a stressful day and you're running around and taking care of kids and working, and by the evening, after you're doing so well with such good intentions, you're going to eat, we end up breaking down oftentimes. And so I see this in my patients. And so this is something that I try to work through with them is when it happens. And um, I think we want to get rid of the whole willpower part of it. And so instead of having to say, I don't want to have this, I'm not going to, I'm going to willpower my way out and muscling your way through it to set the environment where it's not even there and to change your identity, to be the type of person who doesn't even eat cookies or sugar. And I find that changing the identity has been very helpful for people to start thinking of yourself as the person that you want to be instead of the person that you are who eats cookies and to have the environment where there's no cookies available. And if you have a spouse or family members who eat cookies, it's hidden away from you. And that's something that I talk to my patients about talking to your family and working through, can they hide it? Can they do that? Not in front of you, you know, help you because this is hard for you and you need a little support and, you know, just kind of keep it at distance. And so when that four o'clock, five o'clock or the evening hour comes, when you break down instead, now your, your fridge is full filled with blueberries and apple slices and vegetables. And if you feel like the, the urge to eat something, that's what you have. And you don't have to willpower anymore because you're not the type of person who eats that you've changed yourself and you've made these rules for yourself. And that has helped several of my patients with that, just that particular situation, but to get through that moment where we, we kind of lose it a little bit. I have a question for you, Chris. So that's really cool because there is an interesting study for those, you know, someone, let's say two people quit smoking yesterday and you ask them the next day, are you a smoker? Those who say, I'm not a smoker. What are you talking about? I quit smoking yesterday. And there's others like, yeah, I'm still struggling. So they're still identifying themselves as a smoker who's having to fight the urge. Others are like, I'm done. So you're changing the belief system, which changes their behavior. So how do you help people change their identity? Like what are those processes in the beginning? Would you say? I think I'm aware of those studies, not directly what you just said, but um, in the sense that I've seen when you change your identity, that it's helpful. But I talk to them right away into become, think, start thinking, you know, I do a lot of visualization. So that's a whole mm -hmm. separate topic, but I visualize who you want to be, what life you want to be, the, you know, the health that you want to have, like visualize that. So right away you're and you're visualizing it in the present tense. So I have them start visualizing in the present tense that you're a plant-based eater and us plant-based eaters, we don't do that. That's not how we are. And so that person's part of it right away. And so they're not like, well, I want to be like you guys. I want to eat that way. I want, I don't want to do this anymore, but this is, I always binge. Well, no, you don't. You're plant-based eaters and plant-based eaters don't binge on junk food. They binge on blueberries if they have that weak moment, right? So, um, so I start and give them other tools, not to say you can't ever, you know, eat something again, you have to have something that they can switch to like blueberries. But so I, I do that, we work on that right away. So they start, and I, the reason that I like that is I've gotten feedback from a couple of my patients now, and even a good friend of mine who was having a hard time, who's a doctor himself, and wrote back like, when you told me to change my identity, that something clicked and for the first mm -hmm. time. I was, and so I, I've gotten feedback now that it's worked for people. So I've kept doing it, but I like I'll it. have to look at that study a little bit more. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's an awesome study. Um, yeah, Colin, go ahead. What do you have to suggest? Um, I would say I love working with people that are just getting into it, um, that's making a transition. Um, and I think having a system in, in place is very, very important, especially for those that are 
you know, kind of, uh, you know, naive or amateurish, you know, to the whole food plant-based game. And I encounter a lot of patients where they're on their own solo journey. They don't really have, you know, the family support. Like one patient would tell me, yeah, they just kind of do their own thing. And the other family members would come and look at it. And, you know, they'll have question marks above their head and decide. And But they're not really that, you know, amped up as they are to kind of join their journey. And um, I have a, another subset of patients where, you know, when they go into work, you know, they're still fighting that constant battle of the vending machine or the convenience food or just, you know, um, just going through a drive through or something like that. And I think it's important to have a system in place and to have your environment set up. And what I mean by that is I go through a lot of, you know, culinary, you know, preparation and, um, you know, a lot of uh, before they have their kitchen set up to kind of visualize, you know, what is important uh, to be there and what is important to not be there. So going through things like um, cleaning out your pantry, your fridge, your uh, freezer, um, you know, getting rid, of, getting rid of things that are on the kitchen counter is a huge thing. It's kind of like the cookie jar effect or the candy bowl effect where, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and there's, you know, a candy bowl or, you know, some sort of bowl um, in front of you are always going to be, you know, constantly reaching for it. And if you can have it out of sight, out of mind, um, that'll be better. You're not going to be, you know, so a big step is I, I take patients through is making sure that we take out all the process, um, refined foods, um, you know, anything uh, in a bag or a container, um, you know, out as soon as possible. So that way it's not there. It's not, you know, there to tease them, to taunt them um, and things like that. And then we just honestly just go through, you know, a step-by-step -step process. And um, in terms of the family support, I encourage them that, you know, you can make it fun. I, I'm a big proponent of uh, if you don't make it fun, um, it's going to be hard to reinforce, you know, just like physical activity. I tell them, they asked me, doc, you know, what is the best exercise to partake in? And I said, honestly, anything that you enjoy, um, mm -hmm. because if you don't really, you know, have fun with it, um, especially with cooking, um, you know, you're not going to continue. So I tell them, you know, enlist, you know, you know, instead of, you know, you could have game night, but you could have like a cooking night with your family members and assign each one of them a task. So they feel like, you know, they're part of the entire process instead of waiting for someone to prepare the entire thing and then just serve it. And that also, you know, fulfills another pillar of lifestyle medicine, and that's reinforcing social connections and relationships. So um, every family is different, but you try to kind of fill in these gaps and, you know, create a structure for them. I think that there's so many good nuggets there. I mean, I really like the social connectedness that you're describing because honestly, with the three kids, even before I went plant-based, they were always in the kitchen. They were setting the table, they were helping chop, they were helping mix. And some of our fondest memories are around the kitchen. When everyone's home, we're always in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's a great, great way to stay socially connected for sure. Um, when you said cutting, you know, one of the things I always hear is cutting time in the kitchen and with your expertise, what are some of the cutting time techniques that you found for folks who are really struggling with that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple of things. One would be, you know, you would encounter a couple of subset patients where they just love to cook, but they don't know what to cook or where to go or what where to start. And then you have a second subset of patients where, you know, they know that, you know, eating healthfully is good for them, 
but they don't really like the process of cooking that much. So, and everyone's different. So I cater to, you know, whoever, all right. So the first subset of patients, I would say, you know, uh, you know, to cut down time, right. Uh, one is, you know, meal prep. Um, I always tell patients that it's not really cooking that takes up the most time. It's really the meal prep. How we were, um, you know, uh, you know, trained in school in the culinary school is, you know, a concept called mise en place. And that's basically getting all your different ingredients, you know, together into one station, you know, into a workstation and having that presented in front of you. So, you know, when you're preparing a meal, you know, I love teaching the concepts of, you know, batch cooking, uh, whether you are a bachelor or bachelorette, or if you are, you know, you know, you have your, uh, your own family, um, you know, it's important to cook Mul you know, multiple portions and for, you know, multiple people. So you're not spending that much time, you know, because the cooking process is not that much longer, um, depending on what it is, you know, whether you're cooking one meal versus, you know, four or five meals, you know, you're, you're essentially, you know, doing the same process. So to be more efficient, it's to really write down, okay, what type of recipes, you know, if you're batch cooking, at least do a couple of recipes together simultaneously. And, you know, what type of ingredients, you know, to get ahead of time, because if you don't get these ingredients ahead of time, uh, whether it's herbs or spices or certain type of produce or grabbing something from the pantry, then you're going to be kicking yourself of saying like, oh, that I have to do a grocery run or I have to do a target run or whatever, you know, insert your favorite, you know, uh, grocery store. And then that takes time out, right? And the world we live in, you're like, uh, maybe I don't want to go out or I don't, you know, you'll just make up an excuse to not go out, right? And then say like, oh, I'll leave it for another day. So it's super important in terms of the actual meal prep. Um, for the subset of patients don't really like or enjoy the process of cooking, there, there's definitely people that are out there. I would say, you know, to enlist and delegate uh, these types of tasks to, you know, very good kitchen appliances. And we have really, really good kitchen appliances nowadays that could speed up the efficiency um, of the cooking process and to just set it and forget it. And that could, you know, be anything from your conventional oven to a convection oven. Uh, to an instant pot, to a slow cooker, to a high-powered blender. You can use any number of these kitchen appliances to help you cook along, especially if you are, you know, living by yourself. So, um, you know, if you don't like the process of cooking, you have other ways to improve the efficiency and cut down time. I love the food processor and the Vitamix. Those I love that. I love my things. food, my appliances. I'm going to tell my husband we need to get more because Dr. <laughs> recommended it. <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny so what do you you know I want to poke more into the social um, aspects of this because that is a really big problem for a lot of people right so you have your first individual patient he's like they're taking it on they have diabetes hypertension whatever their reason is and so they're starting to feel good but they're having all these social pressures especially over the holidays you know maybe it's a spouse maybe it's their kids maybe it's colleagues very close family grandparents who are giving hard time with the kids uh yeah yeah so what would your suggestions words of wisdom about those social aspects dr k you want to start because i know you've had lots of experience with that oh my um uh... <laughs> Well, there comes a point where you got to take a step back and decide what your priorities are. What 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 are what really matters here? What matters is your health. 
as I say in my lectures, you know, God forbid you get a heart attack or a stroke or they find a cancer somewhere. It's only you in that hospital bed. It's not the grandparents, it's not your spouse, it's not the people at work, it's not the sister-in-law, it's you. And your life is never the same after one of these major medical catastrophes you know, intrudes itself. And so we're talking about avoiding a stroke, avoiding a heart attack, avoiding obesity, avoiding diabetes. This is serious business. And you're taking care of your kids and your, and your spouse. You want them around for a long time and you're and and the food that's flowing through them day after day after day is the key determinant if they're going to be healthier they're not and and you just can't ignore it it's not you can't get behind the car to ignore the steering wheel um, you're driving the car and the same thing with the, with their food choices and so say my job is to get healthy food into my, my body and those are the people that I love here and make it taste good and not tie up my entire life making food. Uh, and okay, that's a reasonable approach to use, you know, stepping into this. And, and then I also say, listen, you're a grown man or you're a grown woman. You can make your own decisions about what to eat. It's just food. It's nobody's business, really, about what you order for lunch. Yeah, it's your, your decision. And, and if you want to have the pasta with the vegetables instead of the meatballs, just ask and you shall receive in the restaurant. And the same thing, if you're going to make a great uh, uh, thick chili or a stew for your, for your family, have fun with it. Season it up. Make, make it really tasty and satisfying. And, and celebrate it, but you don't have to apologize for it. You don't have to make any excuses for it. This is what we're having for dinner. Have all you want, it's, and you know that good things are going to happen the more of that delicious, uh, vegetable-rich food that they eat. So, um, so, um, so, you know, like Paul Simon, you know, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. You know, just set yourself free uh, of of all the nattering from the from the peanut gallery here. You're on a mission to eat healthy and to, and to make your family healthier. And, and it's easy to do, you know, eat a lot of veggies and, uh, and laugh a lot, you know, and, you know it's, it's kind of shorthand for, you know, a sane life and a sane diet. So, um, so it starts with, with just, just resetting the frame that, um, that you, you're not answering to these people. You're answering to your own body, to the truth and to the loving desire to make your family healthier you know that that should really be uh the the standards that you that you answer to and the rest becomes technique and uh and, and there'll be a little you know it's threatening to some people and you know, they think you're judging them because you're not eating serving meat or whatever it's just you know just love them and and pass, pass the chili please thank you you know let the food do the talking and uh and after a while, it blows over. Your family, they, they, that's just how Mary eats. That's just how John eats. And it's okay. And by the way, that tofu lasagna was pretty good last time we were over there. You know? <laughs> and so, um, so the food is a great ambassador. So uh, have, have fun. Let that be your focus. And don't let the, the chattering from the sidelines there just distract you. You're on a mission. Yes, that was fantastic, Dr. K. And honestly, your Dr. Clapperisms, that could make a book about all the, <laughs> sure. I love all of that. Like you're driving, you're in the car and you're saying, you're not gonna let go of the wheel. I like, that makes perfect sense. Oh my goodness, I love that. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. Chris, Colin, neither of you. Well, it's hard to follow Dr. K because that's the <laughs> So um, we'll that just great. start with that, that I got the <laughs> position. But um, yeah, so Dr. K is talking about owning it, right? Basically setting what your intention, what, what's important to you and your health is obviously too important to let it go. And so you own it, you get up there and this is who you are. Again, changing your identity, you're, you're there. You're not the type of person who eats that. So that can help you, but, but I get it. Like we're social creatures and I feel it more than ever. I think because of all this, these years of COVID and we've been home and we haven't been able to go out and socialize as much and we're social creatures. We want to fit in, right? We want to fit in with our peers. We don't want to stand out. And it's, it's hard to be that man, that the weird person. We don't, nobody wants to be the weird person, right? Unless it's in a good way, weird, but, but it is, it can be hard for some people. We're not all as secure maybe as Dr. K is or as confident in ourselves when we go out and we socialize. So I think something that can be helpful is, is to have your social group online, people you fit in with, find your plant-based support peeps and be part of this group, be active. Maybe it's plant-based telehealth, maybe it's forks over knives. There's so many free things now you can join or you can pay to join groups. I'm in a bunch myself and it really helps me. I have my people, you guys are my people, you guys listening and you guys here like, and I surround myself with you guys, I fit in, I'm comfortable. I feel like I found my home. So when I go out with my friends locally, if they're eating different foods, I can, you know, bring something healthy that I can contribute to everyone and not make a big fuss over it and socialize. It's about being with them. And if I feel a little different, I still have my peeps. I know you guys are doing the same thing as I am. So I still feel connected. I don't feel like I, like I don't fit in because I too don't like to not fit in or be weird. I don't want to be the weird person, but I feel strong. You guys give me strength when I go out. And so then I can do what I want to do and not make a big fuss about it and, and be social and, and focus on the socializing and not the food part and try to minimize that part. If I don't feel like talking about it and go running home to you guys. So that's helps. Mm. Um, that's one idea I think for some of the tough social situations. Yeah, definitely finding your finding your tribe. I would a hundred percent agree with that. So, Colin, um, <clears throat> I definitely uh, echo um, both Dr. K and um, Dr. Miller. Um, I would definitely say the tribe part is super important, especially nowadays. You know, we're living in the you know world that we're living in, and in some cases, it might be actually harder. You know, so doing you know find the time to uh, and finding that you know motivation and finding that group. So just don't be discouraged. You know, that group is out there. I, I think that, you know, there's a tribe and group for everyone, you know, it's kind of like, you know, those uh, extracurricular clubs, you know, that we had in high school or, you know, the different cliques that we had in high school, you know, there's always going to be some group for you, right? Uh, you just have to keep working. And at the end of the day, um, you know, similar to what Dr. K said, it's really about, you know, prioritizing your health. I think what the pandemic has taught us, um, if anything, is that, you know, the the unhealthy, the the sicker you are, um, you know, the higher risk factors that you possessed before, you know, the pandemic hit you, um, really, really reflects and determines, you know, how well. Um, whether you're going to be onslaughted with another type of infectious process or you're going to be something else, you know, so it's really about, you know, optimizing that health. And I say this all the time is, you know, no matter whether you're a homeless person or a billionaire CEO, it's like, you know, your health is going to stop you in your tracks and it's really going to limit you. So, you know, it's really about prioritizing that and, you know, kind of like, uh, 
you know, uh, TV, media, magazine covers, if you can just, you know, take yourself and remove yourself from that distraction. You know, uh, there's a famous saying by Tony Robbins, you know, energy goes where focus flows, right? Um, so it's basically, you know, whatever you're focused on, you know, that's what, you know, so if you're going to be focused on, on the gossip, if you're going to be focused on what people think about you, then that's really what's going to overwhelm your world, right? So, you know, if you focus on your health, if you focus on prioritizing your yourself, you're focused on your mental well-being, you're focused on, you know, how you want to show up in the world, that's, you know, um, you know, that's where it's going to go, you know, depending on what you deem important. Absolutely. I think that's really important to understand the, just thinking about what you want and then making sure that that's very clear to those around you and just understanding that whenever someone is giving you a hard time, it's just a reflection of their own judgment of themselves. It has nothing to do with you. They really could care less what goes in your mouth. Really, they don't. They, they really don't care because they're yeah. not enjoying that. They're not, not going to remember what they ate like yesterday or two days ago. <laughs> or either, you so. either, right? <laughs> and they're not, they're not going to enjoy this or not dislike it. I mean, what's going on in your mouth is your private party. So really it's, <laughs> it's their business. It's not yours. So don't worry about it. You know, like Dr. K said, it will blow over and it just becomes, you become the, the one who eats this way. You know, when Gabriel, my youngest, when he was in high school, so he was 13 when we switched over the diets, so that was, he's 23 now. He loved being the only vegan in his high school. Own it. He's like, first of all, I'm not the only Asian mom. I might as well be the only vegan too. So what's new? <laughs> so I'm like, like, well, don't forget there's half of you. It's white, but it's all good. <laughs> they own that Asian. But, you know, um, it was really funny. That was really, I was really happy to see that he had that healthy attitude. And we can kind of learn from that, right? So just kind of enjoy the process. And, and you know, I say, listen, when someone gives you a hard time, it's an opportunity to teach teach them what your experience has been, teach them, you know, other resources they're suffering, you know, give an opportunity to share this. Maybe that message may not change their attitude or behavior today, but it might tomorrow or next week when things get worse, because <laughs> it will if they keep eating the way they are. So yeah, I think that's great. But, you know, and then I think, you know, the final thing and the like to talk about you guys with is our immune system in this pandemic and I know um, Dr. Zhu had some questions. He wanted to speak about mindset and some things. So maybe we could just speak there as like, what was your recommendations as we're going into uh, a marathon of this COVID? Um, what would what would be some of your your wise and sage advice for those who are just like, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm doing everything right, but man, it's just other people aren't. What what do we do? That's just what would we do, Dr. K? Well, these are remarkable times. Whoever thought that society would um, turn into what, what it has, at, you know, navigating daily life, uh, that Zoom would become part of our of our existence and relating to other people, and medicine it would turn into so much telemedicine, etc. Uh, but here we are, and you know, the Japanese, uh, I believe, culture, you know, has this lovely two-word. Uh, uh, recognition of the way things are. Ah, so, you know, also, you know, it's become a, a trivial uh, way to trivialize Japanese culture, but there's those are two profound syllables. Ah, so, ah, that, that's the way things are. Uh, you know, ah, this thing has happened. You, you recognize something that's happened. So, so it is. I, I accept it as it is. What, what I got to deal with. 
Ah, uh, so it is. And, and that's what we have to, that's how I have to deal with uh, this amazing life that we're living here. Now, ah, lots of surprises. So this is what it is. There is a, uh, an aggressive infectious viral disease spread through our culture and our society. It did, and it's still out there. And we've got to play for that. It won't be there forever. It'll fade away. Uh, it'll become background endemic. But right now, you know, we're getting to the tail end of this. Uh, <clears throat> It's no reason to become cynical or uh, upset. I mean, we're still, there's, there's food in the stores, there's fresh water comes out of your tap, nobody's dropping mortar shells on your house. Um, there, there's a reasonably stable civil society. Focus on what we've got and what you have, all the blessings you have. And especially if you've got good health right now, if you can breathe without wheezing, if you can walk without pain, that's a blessing. You know, focus on that. And then take care of yourself. Don't do, don't piddle away your good health reserves by cheating on sleep. Um, uh, get enough sleep. It's really important. If I want to get sick, I just have to, have to string together a few three-hour sleep nights and uh, my throat gets scratchy and I start getting sick. Don't eat sugar. Um, it really lowers your immunity and uh, in any form. It's not a food. It's a flavoring and to be used sparingly, but don't be candies and, uh, and uh, obviously sugary foods. Um, alcohol is not your friend. Uh, no matter how stressed you are, it's a toxin and it damages your immune system and uh, increases cancer risks, etc. Um, walking around angry and resentful. Um, Dr. Zhu, I'm sure you can tell us all about positive attitude, but it certainly, it makes you, if you feel stressed and attacked and angry, or your adrenal glands are pumping out cortisol and adrenaline and that lowers your immunity. You know, we're meant to be happy beings on this planet, you know, find the happiness where you can. And help somebody, you know, teach a kid to read, even online, you know, help, a, help down at the animal shelter. Do something to get some of your energy out into the world and do something positive rather than doing a poor me and listing all the things you can't do. There's so much that we can do. You know, how can I help? What can I do to bring a little sunshine into this world? And, uh, and then and eat a lot of green and yellow veggies, eat a whole food plant-based diet. Uh, you know, those salads are medicine for your, for your immune system. And those hearty vegetable soups and stews, et cetera. Stay away from the oils and the fried foods and the processed stuff. Keep that food stream pure and full of phytonutrients. Avoid the sugar and the alcohol. Get enough sleep. Laugh a lot. Love a lot. And, uh, and we'll all get through this. Uh, the, uh, the better times are ahead. Uh, Absolutely sure of that. Absolutely. Those are amazing. And, you know, I just interviewed a gentleman who does laugh therapy. Chris, hmm. I don't know if you've heard that one, but he's from Australia. It was a really fun interview. But, yeah, he <laughs> actually has a thing about laugh therapy. It was really cool interviews. He does some really awesome work. But, anyway, hmm. but um, that's fantastic. Excellent. And then, Chris, you're going to follow Dr. K again? I know. Once again, <laughs> really, I have really nothing to add after that. That was pretty amazing. Um, I love the lifestyle tips and the immune system tips, especially. That's uh, right up my alley. And, Lori, to answer your question, um, I have two books on laugh therapy. And I actually watch half an hour of comedy every day to laugh out loud. Um, and so you can do online comedy shows now. And um, I take actually taking some courses myself. 
but um, laugh therapy, there's something to that. So anyway, we could talk more about that another time. But I just, I don't have a lot to add, <clears throat> excuse me, to what Dr. K just said. But one thing I've noticed in myself, at least, is that I'm going through, there's phases of COVID. So it's not the same now as it was in 2020, um, now that it's 2022. So when it first hit, um, I had a lot of fear. I mean, who knows what, were ha what was happening? We saw people dying. It was so freaking scary. And I hunkered down and was fearful. And from that, it got to loneliness and stress. And I think like a lot of people, not everyone, probably not you guys online, but me, um, and many of my patients, I found myself overeating and it was plant-based food. I didn't eat sugar. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't eat toxins, but I overate plant-based food and I didn't feel good about myself. And I didn't exercise as much. I went for walks. I got outside, but I didn't exercise as hard as I sometimes do. I wasn't socializing and I'm a very social person and I felt lonely and I felt sad and I felt depressed and I felt anxious about COVID and my family and my own health and, and my future and all of this. So I felt all of that. And I feel like now it's 2022 and I'm coming out of it. So now I'm back on working out hard and I'm back to eating just the right amount and doing my fasting and eating super clean. The things I'm teaching to my patients that I'm, I'm right on, I'm right there with them doing it as much as many of my patients are. And I find myself socializing more, even if it's outside, we're standing outside talking, you know, from a little bit of a distance um, with my vaccinated friends or whatever, but I am being more proactive about socializing, about getting out and getting involved in my community, like Dr. K says, you know, contributing in some way. And instead of hunkering down and being in fear and feeling stress, I'm getting out there. And so, and I can see that in patients, like what phase are they in? Are they in the fear phase? Um, are they stressed out overeating phase or are they getting back in it? And I see a lot of people getting back in it. And I feel like I can relate with that because I too am getting back focusing on, you know, listening to more podcasts and really stepping up my health now and taking it to the, <clears throat> to the next level. So, um, yeah. That's excellent. Beautifully answered. Well done. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in this kind of trying to come out of a phase and that's, that's the hard part. Like what does the new phase look like? Right. So that's, I'm glad that you're taking those steps and defining it. So that is the hard part. I've learned to be very, just hang out here. Luckily I have my family, but you know, they're coming going and we've done some things, but I've definitely, life has definitely changed and I'm not just not sure what it looks like next. I don't know. I've traveled and done some things, but it's always like very cautious and you know, like, ah, uh, it's hard, but go ahead. Dr. Z, I know you had some really cool stuff you wanted to share. Yeah, I'll follow suit with what um, Dr. Miller was saying. Um, you know, the first year I was more, I didn't freak out. You know, it was more about the curious phase about, you know, what this is and, you know, how this has affected, you know, the entire globe. And, um, you know, I also have a podcast myself and I interviewed like 10 different docs and it was like a dedicated COVID wellness series. Um, but going into 2021, I went through similar to what Dr. Miller was going through. I went through my own phases of like depression and anxiety, um, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment and, you know, lashing out, um, as well. I mean, I'm human. Um, I definitely, you know, want to, you know, uh, let everyone know that, you know, sometimes your providers and doctors, you know, they're human and they go through ups and downs just like you, you know, and I'm, you know, no exception. And uh, coming out of that and going into this, you know, new year, you know, I was telling the group um, before we started recording was, 
you know, really practicing gratitude and appreciation and really taking out expectation um, and knowing that, okay, this is the third year, right? Similar to what Dr. K said, you know, so what, right? So it's about, you know, understanding that, you know, that's what life is. Life is not black and white. It's really a lot of gray and there's a lot of moments of uncertainty. And for me, I love using um, sometimes baseball analogies, even though I don't play baseball, but I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about curveballs, right? It's all about curveballs, whether, you know, um, you know, it's a pandemic. You know, I have team members on my team that are from the Philippines. They just had a natural disaster. They just had a super typhoon, similar to what Dr. K said you know, it could have been worse. You know, you always have to think about it in a situation where, you know, someone out there in the world is having a worse time than you, right? So if you're able to, you know, have food on the table, have a roof on your head, you know, they had a super typhoon in the Philippines, you know, some of them don't even have a house, um, power lines are down, you know, they don't even have, you know, potable water, you know, so it's, uh, you have to count your blessings and I would say the biggest thing is really about, you know, learning, if, it, if anything, learning about how this has uh, taught you about resilience and how to be more adaptable and learning how to pivot. And, you know, you know if, if we survive and, you know, hope to thrive in our lives, it's really about honing that life skill. Um, because no matter what kind of situation, you know, it is, um, you know, it's about being more resilient and learning how to pivot. I, I definitely learned a lot of lessons uh, personally um, and professionally. And if you're able to continue to come out the other end, um, just continue to hone that, you know, and just take out, you know, what will happen at the end. It's really about, you know, enjoying the process, learning the lessons that is being taught to you and say that, you know what, I appreciate this. You know, these are my blessings. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for, you know, the lessons I've learned, you know, journal, you know, um, you know, record yourself, do an audio message, you know, do like, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, I, I've done time capsules, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you know, so doing like a mini time capsule or, you know, you know, doing like a journal, you know, and then like maybe five years down the line, you can say to yourself, wow, I did go through a hard period, you know, but I came out the other end. And how did I do that? Because, you know, I was able to practice resilience and, you know, similar to what we said, you know, have that tribe, have that social connection you know, bring people along with you because guess what? They're in the same boat. <laughs> You're not the only one, right? So. that That's anything. The world's a try, right? COVID, COVID brought us all together in that sense, at least. So I, I can't disagree there. No, I, I love that, that you're saying focus on resiliency because that really is key, right? So one of the things that's helped me with all the things in life, like all of us we go through is like, okay, what are you here to teach me? Because if that's the case, this too shall end and something else will begin. And so, you know, when I had a job that ended, um, I went to telemedicine for a few years and that's where I learned those skills. And that's where then Anthony and I birthed the idea of plant-based telehealth. And so this is where we are, right? So because of some really stressful times in my life forced me down a path that led to this. So that was a really cool thing was just, looking back, use your 2020 vision in the rear view mirror and say, wow, like you said, the journaling is really cool. I started doing my, my sketchbook journaling, which I really enjoyed. Um, and, you know, getting back into drawing and those type of things, you know, find what it is, your joy, your passion, and make that part of your life 
time, time you got to find time to to find joy every single day, even if it's a little bit. So I love that all. So thank you guys for that wonderful discussion. It was lovely as always. Um, anytime I get to hang out with you guys, I'm always going to have a better day. So um, any final words of advice you'd like to share before we, we sign off? Enjoy every day. They go by so fast. And, and the months go by, the years go by. Uh, six months ago, I was 35 years old. And, um, and then about three months ago, I was 50. And this morning, I saw this old guy in a mirror. Couldn't believe it. Uh, just, it you know, and we're here to love. We're here to learn and to make it a better world. So use every day for that. Don't oh. I love that. I'm so going to start saying six months ago, <laughs> I was 25. <laughs> it does feel like that though, right? Yeah. And I would say connect yeah. to people. I always mm. feel happier when I'm connecting. I feel happier now after connecting with everyone here. And so, you know, if you find yourself feeling low, just connect with people and, and keep moving forward. This was great. What great inspiration today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say, I would say love who you are and love what you do. Um, you know, if you yes. have those, you know, in mind in the rearview mirror, it doesn't matter where you're going and it doesn't matter where the world is going. So mm -hmm. well yeah. said, well said. Absolutely. And all you have is today, tomorrow's not promised. So just enjoy what you have at this moment. So be present in your moment. So very good. Yeah. Thanks for watching and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.